I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, former college professor turned manager in a large corporation turned entrepreneur. And not just any entrepreneur. I've made it my life's work to make organizational life more effective and fulfilling. So welcome to Working Conversations, the podcast where we digest and translate research and ideas on workplace dynamics and serve up to you the most interesting and actionable strategies to make your workplace conversations and your relationships more effective, productive, and influential. If you're looking for proven tools for your workplace toolbox, you're in the right place. Now, let's get after it. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Working Conversations podcast, where we talk all things leadership, business communication, and trends in organizational life. I'm your host, Dr. Janelle Anderson. If you've been around me any length of time, you may have heard me tell this story before. And if I have, well, I'm not even going to apologize for it because it is a story that applies to so many different areas of work life. This is the story of my youngest son's basketball coach from a couple of years back. Now, a couple of years back when my son was playing basketball, I'm going to peg him at about eight or nine years old at that time. This is the age that kids are just starting to get a handle on the ball. They're just starting to be able to have the accuracy to make baskets regularly. And that newfound accuracy gives them a certain sense of confidence that, well, let's just say they get away from themselves a time or two. They get a little ahead of themselves. In fact, what would happen, a very typical example of what would happen is, uh, let's just say that the team that my son is on happens to steal the ball. And the kid who steals the ball is so excited to have stolen the ball. And he sees the court wide open. He starts dribbling down the court towards his own basket. And he starts going so fast that the ball gets away from him before he can make the layup, before he could even stop and line up the shot if he wasn't going to make the layup. And so what the coach kept telling these boys over and over all season is that you have to slow down to speed up. That's right. You have to slow down to speed up. And nowhere is this more true than in your communication when you are trying to be strategic. One of the most popular courses that I teach is on strategic communication. It's a half-day course, and we dive deep into how to be more strategic in your communication. And today, I want to share with you just one of the frameworks that I provide in that class. Now, why is it important to be strategic in our communication? Well, we have to look at the alternative. The alternative, which is what most of us are doing day in and day out, is being tactical. That is the very nuts and bolts of the work that needs to get done without giving the high-level vision, without painting a picture of why we're doing this, without planting in the mind of the person or the people that you're talking to, a big picture that they can really hook those tactical pieces onto. In the absence of that, we sometimes feel like we're just doing one little tactical thing after the next and never really contributing to anything bigger than ourselves. And so that's another piece of where strategic communication comes in. This helps people see a bigger picture, a bigger cause, And that helps us align some of the smaller, more mundane tasks that we might have to do with a more important purpose. So it's critical 
to be strategic certain times in our communication to impress upon others the big vision, the important work, the macro message that much of the other work falls under. So let's dig in then to being more strategic. Again, we have to distinguish between tactical communication, which is, again, sort of the block and tackle, getting things done, getting the work done. We have to distinguish that from the strategic communication. And if you're going to be more strategic, you're going to need to do what my son's basketball coach said, and that is to slow down in order to speed up. And so as you slow down, I'm going to ask you to think about two different sets of criteria or two different sets of reasons for why you're communicating. The first is your purpose in communicating. So what is it that you're trying to get across? And usually it's not just working on one level. It's usually working on at least two out of these three levels. The first is think. You're trying to get the other person to think something differently. You're trying to change their mind. Maybe you're trying to gain their attention to make them think that something is important. Maybe you are expressing that macro vision where you're sharing a larger purpose, but you need to get them to think differently about something. So that might be the first piece. Another piece that you might have as your purpose in communicating is to get them to feel, to hit them on the emotional level, to get them to feel differently about the topic, to get them to care about something, or maybe to show how much you care or to show the impact that they could have. And a third thing that might be part of your purpose in communicating, and in fact, I think it probably is for most of us, and that is to get the other person to do something differently. So change their behavior, take some action, make something happen, get into action. So again, your purpose in communicating is usually to get that other person to think differently, to feel differently about something, and to do or behave in a different way, to get them to take some action. Now, when we slow down and get really clear with ourselves about what we want the other person to think as a result of our communication with them, what we want them to feel as a result of our communication with them, and specifically what we want them to do, what actions might we want them to take as a result of our communicating with them, then we are far more likely to be strategic. So this first half of the framework is really getting clear about your purpose in communicating with the other person or the other people. And again, you're going to use the tactic of slowing down and getting really clear on what you want them to think, feel, and do differently as a result of your communication. It doesn't matter if your communication is in person, if this is a pre-recorded video, if this is an email you're sending. These criteria apply in all cases. What do you want them to think, feel, and do differently as a result of your communication with them? But that's only half of the equation. This episode is made possible by Instacart. If you haven't already started using Instacart, now is the time, my friend. Now, I'm the first one to say that I actually enjoy a trip to the grocery store. I really do. But you know what I like doing even better? Making this podcast. When I was deep in the development of this podcast, outlining and recording the first few episodes, my kids reminded me that they needed to eat. Instacart to the rescue. In absolutely record time, Magnolia, my Instacart shopper that day, delivered chicken nuggets, milk, avocados, fresh berries, and a host of other groceries we needed. When life gets busy, 
or when you just want to feel like royalty and have someone do it for you, there's Instacart. Get $10 off your first order when you sign up at workingconversations.com forward slash Instacart. Now, back to the show. Now we have to think about specifically who you are communicating to. Who is your audience? And not just who are they demographically, but who are they psychographically? What do they care about? So here's how I want you to think about your audience. And again, this is before you've composed the first word of your communication, before you have picked up the phone, before you have walked over to their desk, before you have opened a new email to start writing to them. You're going to think specifically about who are they and what are their needs, wants, and concerns. So let's go through each of those in turn. Their needs. At work, what is critical for them in their role? How do they define success? What are the most important projects they're currently working on? What is top of mind for them right now? What is so critical to them that everything else, including the thing that you might want to be communicating with them about, takes a backseat? What is that most critical thing or set of things that they care about right now? Get really clear on that. And then, of course, if there's a way to connect what you want them to think, feel, and do differently as it relates to those needs, well, then you're starting to get the hang of it. But we we can't start constructing our message just yet. We also need to think about the rest of these criteria, not just their needs, but what are their wants? And of course, wants and needs are different. So what does the person ideally desire? What are their hopes and dreams? Not necessarily the deadlines they're up against. That might be part of their needs. But what are their hopes and dreams? Maybe it's about getting promoted. Maybe it's about respect. Maybe it's about feeling connected to the team. What do they want? What do they most crave? What do they most desire? Now, here again, we might not specifically link up our messaging exactly to those wants because, quite frankly, we might need them to think, feel, or do differently about something that has nothing to do with their wants. But when we can be clear on what those wants and desires are, it's going to make some subtle changes in how we communicate with them such that it's going to be evident, at least on some level, that we are at least somewhat clear on what they care about, what their wants are. Now, the third piece of needs, wants, and concerns, the concerns piece, is really about what keeps them up at night, what makes them feel anxious or worried, what makes them look good, what are they worried about other people's perceptions of. So when we can be really dialed into what the other person's concerns are, again, what makes them worried or anxious, it's going to change the way we communicate with them. We're going to slow down, not only thinking about our needs and our purpose in communication, what we want them to think, feel, or do differently, but we are also going to slow down and really take in our audience, what their needs are, what their wants are, and what their concerns are. And once we have fully, fully absorbed those needs, wants, and concerns and gotten a really clear picture about what's important to them, then we start constructing our message. Again, we've slowed down to speed up. 
Because now we're clear on what we want to communicate and why. And we're also clear on who we're communicating to and what matters to them. Now we're going to start writing our message. Or now we're going to take a moment to swing over to their desk. Or now we're going to put a meeting invitation on their calendar. Because we are clear on our purpose in communicating, because we are clear on who they are as our audience and what's important to them, now we are actually ready to start communicating. And I guarantee you, if you get clear, if you take the time to, as my son's basketball coach would say, slow down to speed up. And if you get clear on your purpose in communicating, including what you want the other person to think, feel, and do before you say a word or type a word, and when you are also especially clear on your audience, what are their needs, wants, and concerns? What is important to them? When you are exceedingly clear on your purpose in communicating and your audience and what they think is important, the words that you choose, whether they be out loud words or words in a formal document or words in an email, I guarantee you those words are going to land so much better because you have taken the time to slow down, to speed up. So if you want to start being more strategic in your communication, that is exactly where I want you to start. Slow down to speed up, get clear on your purpose, get clear on what's important to them, and then start to communicate. I can't wait to see where you take this. I wish you all the best in your ability to be more strategic in your communication. Now, as always, if you are finding the Working Conversations podcast a helpful, useful resource in your professional development, by all means, please share the podcast with one or two or three colleagues. It would absolutely mean the world to me to get this information into more hands, and of course, into their ears as well. So download this episode, share it with a friend, have them subscribe to the Working Conversations podcast. It would mean the world to me. Until next time, be well. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, head on over to Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and give us five stars and a quick review. It really makes a difference and it keeps us bringing you valuable content that you can put into play in your life. I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, and this is Working Conversations.